Hey, everyone. So just a quick note before we jump into the podcast. Um, we had some issues with Quinn's audio, and then we also had an issue about halfway through where he lost connection. So there might be a few odd edits here and there, um, so please forgive that. And Quinn will not be part of the second half. Uh, we're going to work on ways to avoid this happening again in the future because he wasn't able to get back into the podcast. So uh, we eventually just carried on without him. So all that being said, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Yes to World podcast. Here with me, as usual, is my co-host, Quinn, but we also have another guest. Last week, we had Rob, and now we have another special guest today. So please welcome Alicia Stella from Theme Park Stop. How's it going? Hi. Hi. It's good to be back. It's been a little while. It has. It has been um, quite some time, and a lot's happened in the last few months with Universal. Seems like a totally different uh, landscape right now. So I guess we can just jump right into it. Um, I'm not sure what you want to talk about first, but my uh, biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I've uh, keep hearing a lot of rumors about it and random things in the news is uh, Fantastic Worlds and what's going on with that and some of the rumored lands and what they've announced and what, you know, everything, you know, so spill, what's, uh, what's the scoop? Well, we don't know anything officially. Right. <laughs> they have literally announced zero on the, um, this is Universal Orlando's new theme park, um, it would be their third theme park in Orlando or their fourth gate if you're going to count Volcano Bay as a mm. gate. Mm -hmm. um, so because those commercials always say like three epic theme parks and it's like, is it though? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> is it? Yeah, because I haven't even been to Volcano Bay. I've, I've only been to um, Typhoon Lagoon, sadly. So I wouldn't really consider it a theme park personally. Right. And if we did, that means Disney has... Six theme yeah. parks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Universal's Fantastic Worlds is assumed to be the name for the new theme park. Um, that's something they trademarked. And it also showed up in a couple leaked documents mm. that I got my hands on. So that kind of leads some credence to it. Um, back in December, they had a Comcast town hall meeting and someone snuck a picture of a slide and right. pictures of the handout. And they posted a couple of it to Twitter and they sent me the rest. And so I've been sharing things like that. And um, which that's was fascinating. Really like the... It was like a puzzle, like seeing <laughs> yes. all the, that was so like, I remember stumbling upon the, that article. And I was like, man, this is some awesome journalism detective work. Cause it was just like a, a puzzle, you know? I, and someone tweeted, uh, tweeted, tweeted, <laughs> I never know me. what the term is. Twat. <laughs> someone tweeted to me the, um, a tr like a translation of some of the garbled blurry text so i actually now know what every paragraph on that wow. page said and that's pretty cool but it was mostly about nintendo and that's that's the big one too um but going back to the name fantastic worlds what's funny is they had trademarked it and then warner brothers actually contested the trademark mm. um one would assume maybe they were afraid it was too close to fantastic beasts and where to find them. And they were like, hmm, there could be some brand confusion here. Um, they filed for an extension before the trademark was approved and the deadline just ran out like a week ago. So that means that Universal gets to keep their trademark. So Fantastic Worlds is probably gonna be the name for the park. So what do you, you think? Uh, oh, go I, was, ahead. I was probably what you were gonna say. I was gonna say, I had been under the impression that they specifically chose the name Fantastic Worlds because of Fantastic Beasts. Do you think if that they is did, the case? 
if they did, I don't think they told Warner Brothers. Mm. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It looks like if Fantastic Beast was going to have a land in this new theme park, no one told Warner Brothers what the name of the theme park was going to be, and then they might have been caught off guard, and they're like, whoa, 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 give us money. Do you think Universal, <laughs> if you were to guess, do you think Universal did choose the name because of Fantastic Beasts, or do you think it's just a really not even coincidence but just i don't think that's the main driving force because some of the other words they were going after was epic worlds mm. legendary lands uh fantastic worlds dream world or dream park um and it's funny because they have a relationship with legendary for jurassic world they have a leg uh, a relationship well they own dreamworks for dream park right. and they have a relationship with uh potter for fans so it feels like they were picking words that just happened to also coincide with lands within the park. Mm. Um, so I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but the idea is, and what it says in some of their uh, internal documents is it's some fantastical places to visit. Right. Like they, they are just looking for an adjective. That's a generic, like islands of adventure, you know, islands of adventure is just, you know, uh, some basic words, but you put them together and it's the name of the park. And I think that's what they were going for here. Hmm. Has there, uh, has there been anything that shows that fantastic beasts will be a part of this park? Because if it's called fantastic worlds and there is no fantastic beasts in the park that's known for Harry Potter, it's going to be a little confusing for people, I would think. Yeah. And you know, this might not end up being the name for the park because they, I think volcano Bay was wonder sea Island originally internally that's what they called it wonder sea island and then at the last minute they're like it's volcano bay so until it's announced who knows what the actual name of the park's going to be that's just what they're calling it to themselves um and also no that's like the one land that has not been uh, there's no leaked information there i got no rumors it's just assumed that there would be a fantastic beast land at the new park but with the new movies not doing so well it's entirely possible that there won't be a fantastic beast land at the new park yeah, Mark and I were talking about that either last week or the week before, that I think it'd be kind of a bad idea to make a land based on Fantastic Beasts, at least right now. I don't think either of the movies have given us a location that really would do well as a land and like really would stick with people. I think I think they'd be way better off just doing another Harry Potter section, like maybe the Ministry of Magic or something. Yeah, but if um, you're going to do the Ministry of Magic, why not put it next to London? Where, where Fear Factor is, because that's where the Ministry of Magic is. is that, There's even is a that phone booth a, out there. I always, I, I think I, we even brought this up one time in a past one, but is that still a plan, or have they totally kind of abandoned? Because I remember when that was supposed to happen. It was never solid. It was something Universal Creative wanted to do. And, you know, Diagon, when they opened Hogsmeade, Diagon Alley was something Universal Creative wanted to do. And originally that was going to take over the rest of Lost Continent. And it was J.K. Rowling is like, you can't put Diagon Alley right next to Hogsmeade. They need to be separated. <laughs> and they're all sitting around a table going, buy a train. Right. So, like, I think they want to do a Ministry of Magic and they have the spot to do a Ministry of Magic, but they have so much on their plate right now that it might be... And one of the ideas that's floating around, and it's not even a rumor, I think it's just an idea, would be a ride that takes place through all the ministries hmm. of all the different countries, like fun. the American one hmm. from the first Fantastic Beasts movie, and maybe Paris, and even London. And it's like a ride through flu powder uh, teleporting that takes us to all the different places with some creatures. Other ideas for a good ride would be just going through his suitcase or going through his staples and seeing all his magical creatures. But... With Hagrid's magical creatures, we may not even need that. Where do you, when do you think we'll be hearing 
some more official information about Fantastic Worlds and what, like, when do you think they'll actually announce it and some of the attractions and the lands, or do you think it's going to be pretty kept close to the chest until more has been done on the park itself? Yeah, that second one. See, I think what we are getting and what is actually happening is um, a lot of development plans are being filed and discussed with Orange County right now. Um, Kirkman Road is being expanded. Uh, they have the giant piece of land with like 500 contiguous uh, acres that will be for the new theme park and for a large parking lot and eventually hotels and other stuff. And to do this, they have to get approval. And to get approval, they have to talk to the, the county. And because this was on a previous uh, Lockheed Martin site, mm -hmm. the groundwater actually was contaminated. So because they're talking with environmental agencies, there's actually a lot of public documents about the cleanup. And in seeing these public documents, you can really see exactly where the theme park is going to go um, because they have to show the go. The, the, the local county, like, this is where the fire entrance is going to be. This is where, you know, uh, the emergency exit. This is where the parking lot's going to go. And this is how all of your roads are going to connect into our new whatever this is. So it's interesting to see that they're definitely building a theme park, mm -hmm. even though they, they're not going to say it for years. <laughs> yeah. But by the time it comes around, we'll probably know everything about it. Like, it's, it's so weird, like, today how, you, I mean, Hagrid's motorbike... I think we, we said this last week, but like the worst kept secret uh, in theme park history. I mean, we knew every detail. Yeah, I guess mostly thanks to you. But when this part when this park comes around, like you got you got to wonder how many uh, how much how many secrets are going to be left. I mean, everyone working there has a smartphone on them, and a lot of people, a lot of workers will probably take pictures and they'll get out there in one way or another. And there's not really going to be that like mystique of a new park like there might have been even 10 years ago. Well, th that's definitely true, especially with uh, BioReconstruct on Twitter taking helicopter pictures and Midway Mayhem on the top of the Star Flyer now installing a 24-hour uh, camera uh, connected to the Internet so we can see the construction in real time now. So there's going to be very little mystery about what the outside of all these buildings look like, but uh, it might be a little harder to know what's inside most of them. Do they ever use... I? Drone, you're not allowed to fly drones over parks, I assume. So no. So the only way they're getting this is through like tourism helicopter trips. That, yes. Because I didn't even think they allowed. Maybe it's just Disney, but I didn't. It's think, just Disney. Yes. Yeah, which I actually agree with because it kind of ruins the immersion when you see like a giant helicopter flying overhead. Um, and Disney used to allow it. It was uh, actually after 9/11 they got it mm. reclassified as no air. So, um, so Universal no must fly. not care if people are leaking stuff if they didn't if they don't put a ban on helicopters they must really not care then oh they care <laughs> they just don't have the uh, relationship with the uh, local government the way mm. that disney does um and disney only really has the no-fly zone because of the uh, terrorist attacks and because there was a, a threat back then so they don't want things flying over top which is a good a good reason right. there was a credible threat back then um well, it's also, but they've kept it since then and i could see too because you know at the time there was not to get you know dark or anything but there was no real icon at universal that could potentially be a target versus the castle i remember that was a huge rumor back in you know 2001 like oh that was a target so i could see disney having even more reason for concern 
compared you to can Universal. Get permission. You can actually get FAA permission to fly. You just have to do it a little higher over uh, the Magic Kingdom. Um, but BioReconstruct on Twitter has actually done that for the Tron coaster already a couple times. Uh, so, you know, he, he is a treasure in the theme park community <laughs> and we, we adore his weekly updates. Not, not um, all heroes wear capes, as they say. Yeah. Because um, one oh. thing I was going to ask uh, before I forget, because um, with the fluffy figures, mm-hmm. I, and this is something we brought up last time, I was saying, oh, I can't believe that, number one, knowing that people take photos from helicopters that they wouldn't have put it under something to hide it from view and two i feel like they can't be that much um there can't be that much movement or complicated mechanics in them if they're going to be exposed to the florida weather um or is it do you think it'll be more like a as quinn brought up last week like a uh buck beak buck beak it's exactly like buck beak but with a little more motion and you know obviously it's gargantuan uh, I believe it's even the same company. I think the, I believe it's Life Forms, is a company. They specialize in outdoor mm, safe okay. animatronics, so it can it has motion and, um, I, I think it's going to rear up and then the middle head's going to kind of snarl at you. I guess I was and then hoping that's, for... that's all that you have time for as you pass yeah, by. Yeah, I, I guess I was hoping for, um, when I I mean obviously we're looking at a photo from however many feet in the air. But I guess I was hoping for, you know, like some cool Kong-esque facial um, animations, but it seems like it will be a very basic, um, but like you said, I mean, well, maybe they're it going... It helps that it's know. 20 feet tall. <laughs> so it's going to be impressive by size alone. And if it's rearing up um, and also the middle head's going to snarl at you, so I imagine its mouth and stuff will open and close and that might make its eyebrows curl in a little bit. Like that in, in the four seconds, you're going to get a good look at it. That's it's going to be amazing. I guess I just uh, thought for some reason that would have been enclosed or what, what the reason would be to not enclose it, you know, like what the benefit is. Yeah, I like that this is an outdoor coaster. I like that. You know, at Disney World, you can go on something like Big Thunder Mountain and see the flooded town with the animatronic chickens and the guy in the tub and stuff, and you pass by that fast. Right. And that is a detailed set all outside. And I like that because Universal's never done an outdoor coaster with, like, full-on animatronics and scenery and things. It has always been it's either inside like the mummy right. or it's outside like Hulk and there's no it's there's no theming at all, you know. So, like, there's no scenery. It's just yeah. I'm on a coaster. I guess for Even me, because I... Dragons was incredibly themed in the queue, and then you get on the right. ride, and it's like, here's a pit of dirt. Yeah, I guess I've always just preferred on a personal level um, indoor coasters, especially in Orlando when it gets super, super hot and sunny. And um, so I guess I always prefer it when it's an indoor environment. But it seems like they're doing a lot with the coaster to like enhance the experience by not being indoors, you know? Mm-hmm. It's different. Wait, are we talking about Fantastic Worlds? Uh, <laughs> I was talking about Hagrid's motorbike with the. No, I mean, like, are, are we switching gears or should we talk go back to Fantastic Worlds? I was just talking about uh, Hagrid's, unless there's nothing else to talk about with Hagrid's motorbike. Oh, there is a ton to talk about Hagrid's motorbike, but I, I didn't even talk about the rumored lands of oh, let's, uh, Fantastic yeah, let's, Worlds. Let's hop back to. I mean, we're <laughs> this is pretty much going to be a universal-only podcast, I think, so we can hop around. So, yeah, what's going on okay. with uh, some of the – I know there's a Monsters. I know the, they're kind of abandoning the whole Dark Universe thing, but I've heard they are still going to make some sort of Monsters land of some sort. 
Yeah, I haven't mentioned it anywhere else, but I've heard, I think they're on the third iteration for what the Monsters uh, world's going to be at the new park. Um, with the failure of the Dark Universe, I think we are firmly in the original like 1920s to 1950s era of monsters for this new uh, theme park land. And that's where it should be because, you know, Brendan Fraser films come and go. Right. <laughs> but the original 19, you know, 30 Dracula is always going to be there. Yeah. Or the swamp thing and all those classic Creature you, from the Black Lagoon, excuse me. Oh, I always forget. There's so many, like, because then all the other studios had rip-offs, you know. Of, yeah. Um, that, I guess Swamp Thing was, like, their weird TV series sequel. Um, so, do you, um, but do you think that resonates enough with the, you know, because obviously the demographic they're going for teens and kids and stuff. Do you think those classic Marvel movies, ha Marvel movies, monster movies, have... Um, enough of a presence i think everyone knows frankenstein with bolts in his neck right everyone knows dracula turns into a bat everyone knows the mummy um and everyone knows the wolfman like they did they can make these movies a thousand times over and there'll be an audience True. doesn't even matter what studio does it because these are classics in like all-time classics these are the the main original scary monsters and what's great also is because they're older they're not that scary to kids these days like we have right. hotel transylvania where it's kind of like you know comedy versions of it so we got vampirina on disney channel kids are used to the monster aesthetic now to the point where they can do rides like this and i don't think it's going to be like mm. halloween horror nights level right. scary it's more going to be like haunted mansion this is fun kind of scary yeah i mean i would love to see a haunted man a haunted mansion but with like all of the um and i think that's you know. what we're gonna get sort of you'd think they'd want to be a little tentative with with how they do this seeing as now they're i've heard that blumhouse is going to be mm, yeah. making these new versions they're doing a reboot of the invisible man but i think they're no johnny depp though going, <laughs> they're going back to what the movies used to be um low budget <laughs> i mean this is what saved universal was they 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 were such low budgets but they made huge numbers at the box office trying to make a tom cruise mummy action movie out of something that should be a low budget horror film probably was not going to work again they got lucky i think with the brendan fraser version because of the time period but if they go and they pick like Blum, Jason Blum is the the master of taking a small amount of money and making an, a, a horror movie that everyone's going to go pay money for. So I think he's the perfect guy. And they're not necessarily rebooting this whole dark universe thing. They're letting him reboot one movie. And then, you know, hopefully it does well. We get our creature from the Black Lagoon movie. We get a maybe another Dracula movie. And because they're more based on the originals, having the a land at the theme park based on the originals is going to be timeless and i think it's only going to reinforce it people always tell me like when are they going to give the rights from marvel back to disney so they can yeah. replace the yeah. the marvel rides with like updated versions with the new actors and i'm like you realize we're about to witness the end of a phase of marvel films and that they're going to lose like in 10 years we're going to reboot all these with new actors right if you do rides with all these actors they're not going to be timeless uh, the spider-man ride at marvel superhero island is timeless it is not right. you know we, we've had toby Maguire, andrew garfield and now uh blanking on his name i like him though Henry, uh, <laughs> the new kid uh oh my gosh tom holland it, now imagine if instead of a nondescript um, cartoon character version with just some voice if imagine if they had used the spider-man of the time 
we would be three Spider-Mans in by now. <laughs> right. I would love that. I would love a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man ride. It would confuse kids, but I'd love it. It wouldn't hold up the way that something like the Haunted Mansion holds up. You know, you can make an Eddie Murphy movie yeah. for the Haunted Mansion. It, it, it still keep the Haunted Mansion. I just assumed that they, eventually they would sell back the rights to Disney, so then Disney could do more with Marvel, and then Universal would turn that area into something... With a yeah, but more what does Universal get out of it? Well, it depends how much Disney is willing to pay. I mean, I, I personally... I don't think Comcast think the, needs any money. I, I think the only difference with... Um, when it comes to, like, the MCU... I, I don't think we'll see a reboot. Like, maybe ever. I, I personally don't think so. I think... Well, like, it'll be an years. in-universe reboot. Where they have a reason for this being, you know, now War Machine is the new Iron Man, whatever. Like, that'll be, what I'm saying is characters that will die off or be replaced will be locked forever in a ride that is outdated. Oh, you're right. It won't be, it won't be timeless. But I mean, uh, I just, I mean, they've already done it with several rides. I mean, like, Chris Pratt will always be Star Lord. And it's not like there's going to be. You know what I mean? Like, he'll still be canon. You'll know, like... Well, it bothers me that Mission Breakout has baby Groot, and he's already teenage Groot now. Yeah, that's right. We've talked about that, how, you know, it's going to be weird even, you know, 15 years from now when it's it's 45-year-old Chris Pratt with a beer gut, but it's young Chris Pratt looking great in the ride. Like, that's going to be a little bit awkward. But it's a little bit different than if they had made... If they'd made an amazing Spider-Man 2 ride with uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro, that would be terrible but i mean it's a little bit different where at least it's still current like you look at terminator 2 3d that was still there until really recently and we we had uh we had t3 but that's where forbidden journey i think has a has a leg up because if you you know set in a time period yeah so in the middle of a series so if you know it gets awkward having you know daniel radcliffe all of them are like 50 60 year olds or whatever it'd be easy enough to just remove them from the rot like it's not hinged on those characters you could make it like a generic quidditch yeah, thing that, or you know. i love that that hogsmeade is locked in a certain time period i think you guys were talking about um a few weeks ago about uh draco malfoy making an appearance on the new ride see the problem with that is if it's anything that's filmed with him he's not a kid anymore mm-hmm. you know like they filmed all that stuff for the ride exactly at the right time when they were filming the movies um, so, you know, when Draco appeal, appears in the Quidditch scene, he's the right age. If he was to appear in a ride now, it would have to be like voiceover with CG or uh, an animatronic because there's no way he could portray the age he was at the time. And Hogsmeade takes place in a certain time in the middle of the series um, because we know because Dumbledore's still alive. Spoilers. Um, and I love that Diagon Alley takes place a little bit later in the series. And like that's uh, an exact moment from a film. Yeah, I but, guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but but then you look at look at Sam Jackson and uh, Captain Marvel. Like, I could really see them. Like, not that they would, but I think now we're in this weird realm of technology in terms of filmmaking that you want a young version of someone that's past or is way too old. Boom, spend a you know a million dollars and like I haven't seen Captain Marvel, but I've heard Samuel L. Jackson's like CGI young look. Like I've heard it's just mind blowingly like scary good how he does look exactly like he did i think you know, um in his younger years i think my point was disney's going to be tweaking and changing and updating their marvel rides a lot more often than universal ever has to with theirs right 
But I mean, I, I just wanted to to go back to the point of the lands, the Harry Potter lands being at a specific time. I mean, like Diagon Alley, and not to get all like book nerdy, but the ride is set during the escape from Gringotts. But then, like, I think of the book, and like the ice cream shop is open, and I know at the beginning of uh, book six or book seven, that guy gets uh, kidnapped by the Death Eaters, and his ice cream shop goes down. And, like, things like that. I don't think they're necessarily set. I don't mean to get all nerdy. But, but like, I, I don't think they're set during a, a specific a specific time period. They've already abandoned the area because we're at war at that point. But, like, I mean, the, the ride itself takes place at a very specific time. Yeah. And I just, I Hogsmeade. The, I, you have to take some liberties, you know. Like, I think Tom Felton could, like, I think we talked about this, but I think Tom Felton could be in a ride if it was set towards the you know the tail the end of ones. the of the series i mean i th- there's no way they can make it make sense why you know book seven book six uh draco is hanging out with hagrid in the forbidden forest but it doesn't need to make sense you know it's, it's all a we need is hagrid we got all the creatures what else do you want i want everything i was surprised they got um i was forget his name uh Donald Gleason. I was surprised. I guess it was before his career really blew up, but it was like a month before. His yeah, because he was. I mentioned it. He was in like five Oscar movies that year. It was ridiculous. Like I think it was five, four or five movies that, like, he wasn't nominated for an Oscar. Um, but like he, um, like in the movies he was in that were nominated, it was like Ex Machina, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, or whatever it was called the Reven Revenant. Um, like just it was crazy how much he was in. But I guess they got lucky that they got him right before that. Well, before Disney snatched him up, now he's completely he's he's probably uh, under ownership of Star Wars and Lucasfilm. Oh, that's now. right. Yeah, because I guess that's the the debate is between you know what level you keep lands and attractions more just vaguely within the universe versus when you use specific characters or specific parts of the books and movies that could. Potentially I think it works it. better. For classic films or instant, you know, modern classic films, I think it works much better. Like Indiana Jones, um, like you don't have to worry too yeah, much about. Right. Know. Even if they keep making bad ones, the 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 first one is so iconic. It's okay that you do a ride based on the original series. Well, look um, at Temple of, like I've always thought it interesting is that, and one reason I loved it is that Temple of the Forbidden Eye, you can't really go like, oh, this happened Right, and the, because it's it, its it own fe- adventure. Because it features music and elements of Raiders, and it features elements of Temple of Doom, a lot of Temple of Doom, but it also has stuff, you know, alluding to like Last Crusade, I believe, in a few parts. So it's like, I guess, kind of a, a best of, you know, yeah, um, the original films. But it and... works because it was a mm-hmm. classic, and at the time they weren't really planning on making any more. I don't think, or maybe they were, <laughs> but at that in the nine in the mid nineties, but. I think it works that way, whereas Harry Potter, you it's a little trickier since it's a massively popular book series and people take that, uh, the canon, very seriously as opposed to, like, indie. So I feel like you have to be a lot more careful when it comes to Harry Potter timeline stuff than you would with, you know, anything else. So the monsters, for what I've heard they're actually doing, um, it might be a Kuka Arm attraction similar to the Forbidden Journey ride uh, through uh, Dracula's castle with all of the monsters as kind of like a a best of mashup ride. That would be fun. Monster mashup. (laughs) They'll they'll play the monster mash theme song in the the queue. Which which is interesting because the original where Forbidden Journey went 
was originally being planned for, I mean, they were working on at the time before they got their rights to Harry Potter, they were working on a Van Helsing ride, um, not knowing that the Van Helsing movie wasn't going to do very well. And they had just licensed the KUKA arm technology. So they were going to do this ride with like Van Helsing hunting monsters. And eventually they got the Potter rights and they're like, yeah, we're going to take over um, most of Merlin would and make this the Harry Potter ride. Can we use the same technology? Um, and, but now it looks like they're getting back to the original idea of doing some kind of monster ride with the Kuka arm technology. So it'd be like Haunted Mansion, but with, you know, a more advanced ride system. I'm all for that. If, if it's mostly practical <laughs> and not like, yes. just, Hey, here's a CGI rendering mm -hmm. of creature from the black lagoon. Here's a CGI of Dracula. Yeah. You know? I don't even know if it would have screens. Like I would love to see an actual, an all practical one and little less screen, um, because it, it always is a little jarring to me now after writing it so many times. It's like screen, 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 real, 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 screen, 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 screen. And like I'd much rather not have to do the handoff from dome screen right. to reality. They could do some uh, really cool stuff. Like I always think of um, in the queue for Flight of Passage where I'm not sure if it's actually Jake or if it's just a generic Navi um, you know, avatar. Yeah, it's like 80 years later, so it's just a yeah. generic one. So like when I first saw it, I didn't – Number one, I thought it looked amazingly realistic, but the whole time I thought, how creepy would it be for it to open its eyes and look around? And you could <laughs> do something like that with the creature from the Black Lagoon where you make it hyper-realistic and then you know, just mm -hmm. a little bit of movement with the water and the bubbles, and it could be a pretty I mean, intense scene. I just imagine how hap how epic it would be if you're on like a Haunted Mansion-type ride and it's moving like normal Omnimover style, um, and you go through a couple scenes, and it's like uh, the Phantom of the Opera turns around at his organ, and and then all of a sudden, like the thing starts m flying, like just just picks up all of a sudden, it starts moving around wildly. That like, would be a they cool could really idea. Blow everyone's having mind it start ride. out very like you feel Very like it's a dark fashion yeah typical yeah. dark ride and then it like ties into the narrative of the monsters and you're flying yeah that'd be really cool and like i'd love to go through several scenes and like here's uh the laboratory and frankenstein's coming to yeah. life although i heard that might be a walkthrough attraction we might get to go through uh frankenstein uh the whole um frankenstein's like animation and uh, coming to life and burning windmill everything as a walkthrough attraction and that's uh, something that's separate. really retro i mean not that it's necessarily tied but the original universal studios in hollywood back in like the 50s 60s i think 60s and 70s they had like a walkthrough um frankenstein's mm -hmm. uh, lab and you know he like would come up on like a gurney and move around and there were like bats that would fly around and the um, like just stuff and the whole scene would become a, you know, active and yeah. And I think going back to their up. roots, people are like, we need to bring back jaws and back to the future to the, to the new park. And I'm like, well, I think they're going to go back to the roots a little bit earlier than that even. Right. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> so, do you think that there's any and a pure speculation, but do you think there's potential that they could ever bring back back to the future jaws in some way? Or do you think that's pretty no. much in the past? <laughs> It's done. Really? Even Jaws? I could see Jaws. I'm not saying... You'd be careful what you wish for, because if we got a Jaws ride, it would entirely be screen-based. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not saying that they would bring back the original Jaws, but I could see them doing something with Jaws again. They're not going to put an animatronic in the water again. They've learned their lesson. Well, they're, they're, but didn't the, I mean, I know there was the nightmare of the original Jaws ride, but didn't... I mean, The, 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 the one that they kept was a nightmare, too. Okay, I wasn't too sure on that one. I mean, I know the originals were like an absolute nightmare, 
but I didn't know if the other ones were also the, a nightmare. The, well, you worked yeah. on it, so you you would know. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> believe me. Oh, you worked on Jaws? She did. Oh wow. For a couple of years, for a few years, back in two thousand. Was that a pleasant experience or? The mixed bag. <laughs> I love it, and it was so amazing to be there and see behind the scenes and get to just even getting to cycle in the morning by myself on the boat is like a magical experience. And watching the, ex the explosion when they when they finally turn on all the effects ten minutes before like the park opens, and I'm like, this is all for me. I'm on the ride over and over just for myself without even listening. I wish I had listened. Like I wish I'd recorded the the background sound with like a clean plate of it. Because it's so rare you would get to go on that and not have the spieler talking. Mm. Uh, so it was a magical experience. But at the same time, also, it was uh, the, the ride did not work well ever. Like, <laughs> it'd be a miracle if all the effects were working in one day, all day. Yeah, um, I guess... Same thing with Confrontation, actually, but that's because of the, the scale of that. But for this, just the water, like having like, oh, we have to close down. The divers have to go down 20 feet and start working underwater because we're leaking, you know, I couldn't do, hydraulic like, fluid. I'm terrified of like things unknown and sharks and everything. So I, I can only imagine I, that'd be horrifying to be working on like a like a shark underwater with how realistic it looks. That would freak me out. I love the explosion though. It was all it's all worth it for that explosion. And you know what? The dragon breathing fire on top of Green Gods. I'm just glad they're using the same uh, propane tank. Like it, it's like it's still kind of alive back there. Oh, they were like they're literally using the same. I think though it was like one of the biggest propane tanks ever to hold that giant explosion. And I think oh. they built the like that dragons in nearly the same spot. So one of my favorite <clears> things. It sounds really cruel. Is like being a um, a local, you know, and an annual pass holder. You. You learn, you, you see how things go, but it's funny to go into Diagon Alley and you'll know if it's a day where the fire's not going to work, but there's just constantly people filming it, hoping it's mm -hmm. going to happen. And there'll be like 50 people and you just want to be like, sorry, dude, it's not happening today. But just all the time, there's someone like filming it, hoping to get it. But there are days that I've experienced where it just doesn't ever come on. And it's just kind of sad, but kind of like that weird kind <laughs> yes. of inside knowledge. You're like, oh, it's not going to turn on today. So you're kind of wasting your, your battery by sitting here for five minutes, hoping it will erupt. I guess with Jaws, if, if they weren't going to do an underwater ride like the original, you know, not exactly like the original, but something like that, I guess I just wouldn't want them to do it at all, which is probably why they won't. Like if they did a screen-based ride... It just wouldn't live up to. I mean, I, I have great, I have great memories of the original as a kid, but it's it's clouded by being a kid. Um, someone, a different company, has trademarked um, uh, Meg for use in theme park attractions. So you might get yourself a Meg ride somewhere else. You never know. Well, good thing Meg is timeless. <laughs> it's popular, and it was popular enough that I could see them trying to do something with that. So other um, than. So there's, I mean, I know a lot of it's speculation, but so there's a, a Nintendo World Land and a Monsters Land. Are What's there any, great about you know, those others? two is that those were the only two so far we've seen in that supposed handout from the Comcast meeting. Uh, World of Universal Classic Monsters and Super Nintendo World uh, were the only two that were talked about that I've seen from the leaked photographs. So it, those seem pretty surefire. Um, and the other one uh, would be DreamWorks uh, animation, which seems like a done deal. I mean, uh, Kung Fu Panda is getting a huge presence in the new Beijing park they're building right now. And um, they've already they put How to Train Your Dragon 
in the uh, new nighttime show at Universal Studios Florida. So and that'd and be a fun ride, probably... like a How to Train Your Dragon ride, where you're flying around as if you're assuming it wouldn't just be a simulator ride. Yeah. Well, Dubai, uh, part before they bought DreamWorks, there's DreamWorks rides at different uh, theme parks right. that aren't Universal, and there is a suspended uh, like family coaster that actually has. Um, a mix of screens and animatronics for How to Train Your Dragon. Hmm. I think they could do much better, yeah. but it, it's something that so lends itself well to theme park immersiveness, especially with the new one looking just like Pandora yeah. <laughs> with like the glowing stuff. Do you think so, there will be a Despicable Me Land or are they going to keep it in Universal? It's just the... And that's not DreamWorks. That's Illumination. Oh, that's right. But they own Illumination, oh, no, wait, no. don't they? Is it, yeah, there's Illumination, yeah, because it has Minion in the word. Illumination. So they, yeah, they, they own, own that. that. Though, that's yeah. their own in-house animation studio before they bought DreamWorks. So I think if there's going to be more Illumination properties that probably stick that in Universal Studios Florida, like um, Sing or Secret Life of Pets, which has a sequel coming out soon, uh, I think Secret Life of Pets is getting a Omnimover dark ride at Universal Hollywood, over where the Globe Theater was next to The Walking Dead. So, you know, I, it's possible we could get a Secret Life of Pets ride too, but they're just right now so focused on other stuff in Orlando. So they might be backburnering it. So would, I guess that's my thing with like, yeah, I didn't hate the movie, but I, I guess I'd rather see attractions based on movies that are in a new world. You know, it's like Secret Life of Pets, I'm pretty sure is in our world. You know, the it's Despicable Minions yeah. or Despicable Me, Despicable Minions, yeah. that's the upcoming sequel. Um, <laughs> that, you know, that takes place in a, few, not few, but you know, it's like our universe more or less. Just, yeah, well, so it's except like, it has villains. Yeah, so I'd love to see them do like other, uh, pull a Pixar and create like a, a world and then base well, an attraction around that. I'll do Far, Far Away. But don't do it. I, I, when you look at Far, Far Away in, in Singapore, it's pretty, I don't want to say it's lame, but it's really not up. It's lame. You can say it's lame. Okay. It's like so, a nice big yeah. castle that just has Shrek 4D in it, and it's a kiddie coaster. It's it's pretty lame. But I'd love to see Far, Far Away done, and the rumor is, and I, I really hope this isn't true, um, but the rumor is that Shrek 5 is going to have minions in it, and they're blending the two franchises now that uh, they own both. Um. So we could totally be seeing a Shrek meets the Minions so mashup. That's just a I don't know. I mean, idea. you can see why they do it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, Shrek, Shrek was way. huge and Minions are still huge. So now you, I guess I don't know how relevant Shrek is with, with kids now. Like do kids still know who Shrek is. They like it ironically. Like the Smash Mouth sound has become a meme. Like the, like uh, the song, the first few words of the Smash Mouth song with the, uh, Shrek coming out of his uh, outhouse in the swamp. That's that's like the <laughs> biggest meme right now. That that and B movie, yeah. B movie was great though. Make a B movie land. Oh my gosh. I think what'll be interesting because we didn't even talk about Super Mario or Super Nintendo World, but that's a surefire. Uh, like that's oh, definitely yeah. a done deal because they canceled that for the Universal Studios Florida when they got permission to build the theme park. Um, I, what, what will be interesting is we might see a castle in every world, maybe two or three castles in DreamWorks world, because we're talking about Dracula's castle, uh, Peach's castle, even the entrance to the uh, Mario Kart is Bowser's castle. Uh, and then we've got maybe something from Burke that looks like a castle entrance. And um, you could have the castle from far, far away. Like this could be the castle park 
like they're trying and it's a hub and spoke design we we know that it's going to be a hub and spoke design not only from the leaked documents that talk about being a hub and spoke design like magic kingdom but also from the development plans you can actually see the the backstage access roads go toward the center a lot more than they would like islands of adventure with a lagoon yeah. and that's so smart we're, because we were talking a while back how it can be a pain sometimes to be like, oh, I want to go on Jurassic Park. Yeah. But that means you have to go through every other land. A full circle. To, yeah. um, so speaking of that, because I don't know. If I was going to say they can, they're going to outdo the Magic Kingdom instead of a castle in the middle. It's a castle in every land. Well, that makes sense. Is there any updates on, I know you had mentioned that Sinbad, that area was potentially turning into like a, a high rule, or would that become not? It's still That's still the plan if nintendo does as well as they hope they kind of got a little bit of cold feet they were going to do pokemon in the kids zone area of universal studios florida um and they still are or might they're just not going to do it until after the other ones open and they kind of gauge the response they and it would be weird to open pokemon or zelda first before like you wouldn't do diagon alley and gringotts before you do hogwarts castle and i think that's what's going on here is that we're not going to see any development in Kid Zone or in um, the Sinbad area of Lost Continent until after we see uh, the other Super Nintendo. And that might just be until Super Nintendo World opens in Japan or Hollywood, and we kind of gauge the reaction there. And then they might start construction on more Nintendo lands to coincide with the opening of the new theme park. So we could have multiple Nintendos kind of opening simultaneously, which would be awesome. Yeah, And I'd be all and for that. I could see them also <laughs> wanting to see how... Detective Pikachu will do because it kind of will show how you know relevant it is. I mean, I know obviously with Pokemon Go. No, I don't think they need to wait for it. relevancy on Pokemon. But I feel like it'll be maybe <laughs> in, just in terms of box office, like who's you know Pokemon Go is free, um, even though everyone yeah, including but Pokemon myself games is, you know, are buying I think, eggs. And... I think I think Pokemon games themselves uh, are a good uh, indicator of the franchise still being successful. Even the app aside, the movies aside, although I'm sure this will usher in a whole new wave of Nintendo movies. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Illumination's doing Super Mario. Oh, I forgot about that. They're actually going to try to do it right this time, even though the uh, the live-action remake does have its guilty pleasure qualities. De-evolution. <laughs> and uh, Bob Hoskins, rest in peace. That's, it's, it's, a Mario, weird, Mario. it's a weird movie last to watch. name is Mario. Such and I'm Luigi movie. Mario. Such a bizarre movie. I think there. I wonder if. I always wonder if there will ever be a great video game adaptation, um, like in general, because it's just like every time they try to make a video game movie, it just comes out really bad, like Assassin's oh, Creed. Oh, you or, didn't like you know. World of Warcraft? <laughs> I actually didn't see it. I heard it wasn't terrible, so I can't really speak to it. I'm not into that series, so I didn't. Uh, get around to it yeah i'm um, interested to see how the illumination thing happens because i haven't even seen the the new grinch one yet but it's so strange illumination is a very strange company and they make weird decisions yeah i never i don't know i guess maybe because the reaction to all of them so far have have been very kind of lukewarm so yeah, i'm never kind of meh yeah Your life of pets made a billion dollars but yeah. the critic reaction is meh yeah because like it's not like pixar where back in the day it was i mean you just had that almost guarantee of oh this is going to be a great movie or i'm going to be immersed into a really great creative world and i feel like you know they haven't 
achieve that level of it so it's more i don't think they're know. going for it it's a commercial yeah. process they, they've said it like they're taking the pre-production and uh cutting it in half on how long it takes and they're like you know an animated film doesn't need to take five years we can get it done in two and it's like well yeah, you are and you're making money but yeah. i'm not sure sing is going to be a classic forever that's what it comes down to i guess is whether you want to be a pixar and just have that sort of legacy um yeah. or you want to just kind of make a lot of money <laughs> And I like that they own DreamWorks now because they can, now they can kind of do both, where they can right. do the long, um, like beautiful, detailed, you know, high quality movies, and they can do the short, you know, money, colorful. This is just filled with pop culture jokes movies. What does DreamWorks have other than Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon? Kung Fu Panda. That's right. Madagascar. Okay. Well, that was what well, I was gonna say. Do they have any ongoing? Because I heard that The Hidden World was the last How to Train Your Dragon. Shrek, they're working on. Okay, Shrek, they're working on reviving Madagascar. That the last Madagascar movie came out when I was a kid. Puss and Boots has TV shows from uh, Shrek, um, and and they're successful on on uh, Netflix. Um, but also, don't forget about classics like the B movie, uh, <laughs> Prince of Egypt, and. The Road to El Dorado. These are things, right? I'm not making these up. I want to see up. the B-movie like, where Jerry's just like, come on, get on the ride. Come on the B-movie ride. Like, there was, I want to have Jerry walking around. Watch fall in love with a woman, a human woman. Such a creepy movie when you really... like. Man, I, I ironically love B-movie. I only I had the I had the PC game as a kid and played it all the time. Halfway through the movie, I'm like, is this really now a courtroom drama film? What is happening? Ray Liotta? doesn't get better when i saw it i kind of had a very i didn't think too much into it, it just was weird but it's so oh, funny oh. when you look in when you really think about all the plot points and everything it's such a, a shark's bizarre tale. movie a shark's tale i never saw that one did you ever see flushed away either i saw that one yep ants i loved ants i'm just naming all the dreamworks I, movies i'm sorry i mean it's probably a guilty pleasure but i love i haven't seen it in quite a few years What's, but i love those ants. early dreamworks movies they like pixar took what bugs really do and made a movie about it and dreamworks took what bugs and sharks and fish do and just made it humans they're like instead of just like finding nemo where these are fish swimming around like these are fish who have offices and doors and rooms and things it doesn't make any sense well that's what's so funny between like pixar they'll you know they go they almost take the the old walt disney approach where they would study you know for bambi they right, study the movement and stuff. Yeah, yeah they study the characters the real life characters um whether it's an animal or a human and then dreamworks just kind of goes eh we'll just we'll, Let's make, walk, we'll make them walk on two feet underwater yeah. who cares kids will love it <laughs> it'll sell like hotcakes we'll just... all right so so i think that's that's all for fantastic worlds <laughs> But so it, so pretty much it'll be a while before we hear really any of anything official or see any kind of official we, announcement. We could be five or six years before this park even opens. Yeah. To be completely honest, uh, most people are hoping three after they break ground. Um, that's like the shortest, the quickest they could build. I think Islands of Adventure took about three once they actually started building it. But we might, you know, be but longer but until cool the, we actually to, start. Yeah, and for me, what's cool is just the idea of having a brand new theme park in the US that is, um, you know, like just a whole new world of really high quality attractions and experiences. Cause I don't know the last time a brand new park has opened. Islands, you know. of, Islands of Adventure in, uh, yep. well, at least for yeah, Central yeah. Florida. Yep. Yeah. And before that Animal Kingdom, and then it was a long gap until now. 
So what's um to switch gears? I sure. is there anything going on with the the Jurassic Park coaster? I went a couple weeks ago and I saw a ton of construction being done outside of the Discovery Center, and uh, you couldn't it's, even go uh, down land there. clearing. Yeah. Land clearing is going on. Um, there are they just tore down the bridge, the bypass bridge that connects mm -hmm. Lost Continent yep. to Jurassic Park. That they built that when they were building Hogsmeade so that, you know, you didn't have to go through an active construction site to continue on to the park. So it made a new loop, but they've opened it every once in a while during peak yeah, season when it's busy. It. Yeah. When they do the Hogwarts Castle projection shows, they open up the bypass bridge, but that whole bypass bridge is being replaced with a new bridge that's going to be more concrete and more permanent because that wooden one was kind of a temporary No pun setup. intended, more concrete. Exactly. <laughs> I mean that in two ways. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be like a brick concrete permanent bridge. Right. And that they, they, they told employees, team members that it was going to open by the summer. And we have this new dark arts projection show coming. Right. Um, Hollywood is getting it first. They already have date set, but there's no date set for Orlando's version. And I think that's because they're afraid to open the new show without having a bypass bridge. Yeah, the traffic just nightmare. locks up right there. So in the next three or four months, we should see that bridge just come out of nowhere. Um, and that'll be the first big part of a new redesigned courtyard area in front of the Discovery Center to accommodate this new giant coaster. So is the plan to swap out Jurassic Park, the ride for Jurassic World in Orlando, too? Or is that still up in the air? The plan is probably to swap out Jurassic Park for Jurassic World. But they are not making a final decision until after the one in Hollywood is open and gets good reviews because I, they're really afraid of committing the way they did to Fast and Furious before they even opened it. Like Fast and Furious uh, was such a disaster here in Orlando that, and I mean that like internally, that's what they call it. And it took over disaster and now they have a bigger disaster on their hands. Um, that was greenlit for all of the, it's still opening in Beijing, I think. Beijing, I think they're building it there too. And it's like, they spent so much money and it was budgeted across multiple parks that they couldn't kind of like uh, stop it once it already started. And Jurassic World, uh, they take a different approach. It's kind of a wait and see approach. And even though this new coaster is gonna be based on Jurassic World, they're keeping the river adventure based on Jurassic Park until next year. And if it does really well in Hollywood, then yes, ours is gonna become Jurassic World. The whole land becomes Jurassic World and then it'll match the coaster. Otherwise, we're just going to have a Chris Pratt coaster in the middle of a uh, Alan Grant. Is the land. coaster going to be? Have, are, are there any kind of details on what it'll be? If it'll be a hundred percent outdoor, what the story will be? It will be around raptors, I assume, or something. Yes. Um, what so far, and this could be considered rumors um, or early information that could always change, but it's mostly outside. Um, like 90 something percent mm -hmm. outside, like the Hulk, um, and more intense than the Hagrid coaster. Right. So, trying to, because when they got rid of Dragon Challenge, a lot of the coaster purists are like, you can't take away something that, you know, is so thrilling and then replace it with something in between thrilling and children's coaster. So, this one's going to be like 75 miles per hour, um, probably the tallest coaster, the fastest coaster in uh, the Universal Parks in Orlando. Well, in all the Universal Parks. Um, but it's also going to have a scene in the beginning and a scene at the end. So we kind of have a little bit of story. And I think the story involves, like, the first scene is the stables and the raptors get out. Um, and then we go through 
some caves and go around like electric fences and different Jurassic World type theming, um, all taking place in the old Triceratops encounter area. So they're getting some good, good use out of that. Yeah. And then it's going to go up really, really high and come down in front of the Discovery Center and do a big giant circle over that bypass bridge and then come back in front of the lagoon, back in front of the Discovery Center again. And then when it goes back, right before it goes to unload, it's going to go through like a tunnel. And I think in the tunnel, as it's been described to me, um, we're being chased by the raptors and we see the raptors and that's when Chris Pratt's character comes out and stops them from eating us. So probably screens. It'll be like, a, probably it'll, screens. It'll be like a confrontation kind of. Or I not think like a screen uh, tunnel um, yeah. for the coaster to pass through. And if you look at the plans um, that I've posted on my site on orlandoparkstop.com, you can see it's a very skinny uh, tunnel. So um, some kind of screen tunnel um, all around you that looks like, you know, uh, so you're part, you're in the screen essentially. But the first scene, I'm really hoping for like animatronic doors yeah. to swing open and the, the raptors start to run out. That would be really cool. And, and that launches us and we go into a launch. And I don't even hate those corridor screen things. My problem, you know, the same with every time, whether it's Hollywood's Kong ride or the one here or even um, uh, Fast and Furious is that they never, and it's probably more of a logistics thing, but they're never built <laughs> high enough to where I don't <laughs> always see that in my peripheral just vision. Just sit in the middle. Just sit in the middle. I still, like, I just, I still can see, like, the bottom of the screen and the tracks and, like, I can, yeah, it's a lot better in the middle, definitely, but if you're not in the middle, which most of the time I feel like you're not, I just wish they would build the screen a little lower or hide the tracks more or build the screen a little higher. You know, I don't know if, if they, they weren't. Can. But if they weren't blowing fans and spraying you with water, they could. Mm. But there's, it's the screen actually does go down farther, but it's blocked by a three-foot little black wall on the right and the left that uh, has all of the sprayers and stuff. If you sit on the right side and just look down the mm. whole time, it's just a series of pipes, tubes, and things spraying you and blowing at you. So you if they, they didn't do that, that in the it would go lower. Like maybe they could put it inside the vehicle. It or... works at flight of passage. Like you yeah. put your hand right over that thing, and it completely kills all the effects. Yeah. It works in like you know Philhar Magic 3D movie, but well, I've yeah, always for found those it, things it comes from the side. It's kind of unrelated, but I always thought it was funny that with um, Reign of Kong, I remember the first time I wrote it, or one of the first times we got stuck in the front, and it was one of the worst ride experiences I've ever had because you literally <laughs> cannot see anything. Literally. They don't even seat that front row. Well, that's anymore. what I was going to say. That's what I found funny because I got off it and I was just like, that is the. Who thought that was a good idea? And then later on, they closed it off. So I thought, did no one during the testing say, hey, boss, like, you can't see anything here? You got a great view of the animatronic head of the, That's person, of the person driving. Uh, Fast and Furious at least has a screen in front of you. So if you sit in that seat, you can see where you're going, which I actually think is kind of cool. But I was just surprised that no test, or, or maybe they didn't care or think people would care, but I just could not believe I mean, you unless you strained your neck, you couldn't see anything, yeah. and I was just shocked that they even that even got into production. Yeah. As I think far as porting it did. the the three sixties from Hollywood, they made a lot of mistakes, and they're gonna think twice about moving anything else over from Hollywood again. Or maybe they thought people wouldn't mind. I, I'm just surprised that it even opened a lot the front of row. it's a series of bad decisions for sure. Yeah, but I just I write it for the Kong animatronic at the end. You know the. And he never Which even feels so disjointed from the actual 360. Oh, yeah. It's a very bizarre ride. It's like three separate, like 
you have the screen portion, which is kind of telling a story, and then you have there's not yeah. the plot line doesn't even flow through. No, like, it doesn't. Uh, the the girl gets captured, and then we don't hear about her until a voiceover at the end after the 360 yep. segment. So a little like the whole like... the main thrust of the story is just thrown out for the oh, 360 part. Thank God you're okay. It's like, well, yeah. where were you? Because they literally just brought the same film from Hollywood. Which right. I thought was they, pretty. Like again, I understand from a business point of view because it's always going to get long lines and you'll get people anyways. But I thought that was so lazy to just. Hey, they changed the it and... from part of our tram falling off the side to another uh, car coming up. Mm. The other guy from is on the radio, so they had to they had to change the film a little bit. You know, they could have thrown her in there somewhere. Yeah, I guess I'll have to. I don't remember. I guess I'll have to compare the. Look to your left in the backside, um, and the car that was parked at the bat scene drives up beside mm. us, and then he falls off the cliff. Yeah, that Kong animatronic. I was just. I love that King Kong animatronic. That's like the highlight for me. I was like, I love to see more stuff like that, more practical, or even the shaman and river in a you know Pandora mm -hmm. that attraction, and I just love things that are practical and tangible and real. Yeah, I mean it's probably a older generation thing to say but like i just love seeing things like that over screen 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 well in that way i think uh i think fast and furious was probably a blessing in disguise in that way because i think we're going to get a lot more of that just because of the uh quote-unquote disaster as alicia called it well like i said i've never seen it i yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've ever seen it even during soft opening it was half an hour and then whenever i go it's you know it's never been like outrageously long so it's, i think it's 10 15 minutes yeah. and the only the only the only time it's ever more is um if other things are closed or if because it had been broken down and it's just reopening and Which people got in line awful or something for a brand new ride to have that short of wait times that quick yeah, yeah. i mean we're like flight of passage we're a couple of years out and it's still got yep. three to four hours lines every time in the morning three or four hours and I love, I love that. My only pet peeve, and I've said it before, and maybe I just have a weird shaped nose, but for some reason the glasses never stay on my face. I mean, like, they're better than they were yeah. for the first few months. But, they were really loose originally. Yeah, I don't know why. I just always, if I even slightly look down, they like start to slide off, or I don't know, maybe. Maybe that's a gimmick to keep you from looking at the other cars, the that's other true. floors. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just would love to see if an attraction can, I remember the first time I rode that because I didn't know anything about it. I knew it was a screen ride and that's why I was really curious to see how it could work as a screen ride. But man, I love Flight of Passage so much, even though I've only ridden it like three times because of how the wait times are. I think I've been on it about 20 or so times because I'm very patient. I guess if you bring you know, bring a Kindle I, and bring a book and I, I will hit refresh on the the fast pass screen a thousand times in like for the five days leading up to my visit just while watching TV just refresh 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 because I would much rather uh, waste all that time comfortable at home <laughs> getting a fast pass than stand in line for three hours. Do they show up only if someone's canceled it or does Disney once in a while add extra slots? Uh, in the days leading up to it, it'll be because someone canceled it, but at two points on the day of, and I think it's at around 10 o'clock and three o'clock, don't quote me on that, but I think it's like 2.50, um, they'll dump whatever was remaining. They'll have mm. a little bit in reserve and they'll dump it the day of um, based on operations. Interesting. Uh, so you get lucky um, somewhere around 10 something and uh, two something. So Yeah. 
I just every time I walk by it, I mean, I think I went last Friday or something, and it was, you know, three and a half hours or something ridiculous. And even well, the, they also have know, they have problems with the theaters overheating too, so it's artificially uh, long. Uh, but it would still be a two-hour wait even without the problems they're having, because it's a popular ride. Yeah, and now they have the guy in the mecha suit walking around, which is interesting. Yes, from the Pandora Conservation Initiative. Yep. He is not a bad guy, even though he's using bad guy technology. Yeah, I guess they can get away with That's it. That's to keep him to keep him safe while he's out exploring mineral deposits. <laughs> so speaking of uh, Pandora, uh, I didn't write this down as a topic or anything, but I know I'd been really interested when you reported like the initial rumor of the Lion King ride, and then it turned out to be a Club 33, most likely. Has there been any more developments with that or even the potential for a Lion King attraction because that's my favorite Disney movie so I would I was so excited for a bit even if it's a mo even if it's a ride based on a live action version well no that we talked about that where I, I don't think it even that's where the rumor is I don't see how it work because the only way it'd be like basing Winnie the Pooh off the recent one you'd have to make the figures look hyper realistic and I don't feel like there would be any attachment Screens. to it Screens. <laughs> <laughs> I want a dark um, ride in the form of Winnie the Pooh, but, just, the, but a little bit the more permit, advanced. With the permit from my article was Club 33, but the rumor still stands. Um, some people believe that they, they want to do a Lion King attraction. Um, and they're just like, they already, there was already a rumor last year for a jungle book attraction based on the new John Favreau film. Um, and it was that, to yeah. be built at Epcot for a new India pavilion and it would be a boat ride using like the Shanghai pirates technology with a lot of screens mixed with practical and animatronics. Um, but if they don't get the funding to build that pavilion, then that ride probably won't get built. And then we might see, you know, that ride technology and that budget get switched over from a Lion King film, a Lion King ride based on the new Lion King, John Favreau film. So there's someone in the company who really wants to make rides out of these films. And these films are making billions of dollars. So I don't blame them. And also the live action fits kind of into the, yeah, the Africa area true. of Animal Kingdom better. Because they don't want to have another more ep realistic. They don't want to have another world showcase, you know, freak out where people, you know, with Arendelle and, <laughs> yeah. and have it be like, no, you're changing. Because that's why Pandora works, because it's a separate part of the park. But if you started adding like a Winnie the right. Pooh or whatever characters from IPs, then people are going to feel like you're taking away. It's like, you know, it's authenticity. It's cultural authenticity. So it's still a rumor. Some people are telling me um, it's not going to happen. Other people are telling me they want it to happen. So we're just kind of playing wait and see, but that the permit itself was for club 33, but um, they, I'll keep my eye out to see if they're actually going to start building anything. Cause I'd like just to see anything new for kids yeah. because I think that park uh, is really lacking. We uh, we took a couple little kids there, and it's not like Dinosaur is too scary. Um, right. Even Navi River Journey is a little weird and scary. Uh, the Bug movie is terrifying for little kids. Just oh, absolutely I, I my, terrifying. I, I shut my eyes during the part where the spiders come down because I have arachnophobia. Right. Just, so. just absolutely. So really all you're left with is – and then they're too short for the roller coaster, the water ride, and the um, – uh, the flight of passage. So all you're really left with is the the animal walkthroughs and the uh, the one animal ride. Like so. And Rafiki's park, watch closed and is becoming closed, Zootopia. Yeah. The oh, that's a rumor. I I think they just closed it because the train was becoming too costly to run. Uh, I I thought 
for sure. I was like, oh, they're totally going to do Zootopia. You know, it technically went seasonal. Hmm. <laughs> uh, they just haven't reopened it yet. Oh, so, so I, I think it's going to come back nearly the same. But they are doing some work back there, and I think if they rethemed it away from Rafiki, I mean, have you been on down there recently? The actual Rafiki theming is two statues, a wooden cutout, yeah. and a sign. So yeah, if we like rethemed once. it away from Rafiki to Zootopia, I think it would just be instead of Rafiki, now you meet, you know, Judy Hops and I can never remember his name. Wild? Nick Wild? I've only seen that it. That seems right. I've only seen it the one time. But you so, you brought up Epcot, and this was actually, it's funny because I went to Epcot uh, a few days ago, and because I'm working on an v- episode that has to do with Epcot, I got to thinking again, like how how crazy it is, how many planned pavilions, you know, they were I forget, I'd have to look back, but I think it was like 21 were originally planned and then it was 12. And then, so it's like crazy that so many of those went completely unconstructed or unrealized. And that got me thinking like, do you think they're ever going to add, and you said India, but I was wondering if there are, they're going to uh, try Brazil. to add more pavilions, you know? Brazil's the the most solid right now. They actually have some agreements or some, you know, almost contracts with uh, some private firms uh, to, to, cause that's the thing. They're always going to, they're not going to build it unless they can get funding from right. somewhere. And that was the problem it used to just be government. Ones. And yeah. now it's like, if we can get a company or two to sponsor the pavilion, yeah. um, even if they drop out, we'll at least get the building costs, you know, because Morocco is the only, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's the only government sponsored pavilion Morocco, I thought. Yes. Cause that yeah. was originally the remaining. plan was to have, every pavilion sponsored by the government and most of them just weren't interested so that's when they norway norway was sponsored by the uh the government um and uh, a lot of them had you know agreements and some sponsorship they helped like that's how they chose which ones went there but see i don't uh, have the impression that i thought that norway was sponsored like in terms of financially by all the companies um and then it was just kind of more of uh approved by the the government but they weren't oh well later they ended up sponsoring it um once the companies backed out i think right they, because that's why we have an oil rig in maelstrom is because uh, the government had more say in it than they, they had a financial stake in it so you gotta love that muddled ride it was a half like fantasy half reality i love doing the research on it when i did my um it was a great video I, yes yeah, thanks it was fun because i didn't realize I loved how it was all about, you know, Epcot's first thrill ride. And then, you know, they cut out all the thrill elements either. And again, there's always debates about when and how, you know, when the rain stuff was scaled back and when the lightning. I didn't know the lightning. I didn't know there was an actual Tesla coil in there. That's that's crazy. uh, Seems like a really bad idea on paper. Which is why I'm pretty, I didn't really say, but in my opinion, I think that was definitely gone by opening day. I think the rain yeah. effects were still really heavy. And then- well, I remember getting soaked uh, the first time I went on in yeah. the 80s, so I believe that. Yeah, because they had ponchos. Um, but that's what I love about that kind of history when it is kind of muddled where you have to really dig through a lot of stuff. To f- and that's why I found it so fun because I, it took me probably a solid day, and I mean like eight hours of going through this Norwegian um, television uh, broadcasting site to find the episode because i was going off a hunch off some clip or some images i'd seen that for that like little special behind the scenes making of that of maelstrom Mm -hmm. so hard to find so it was so like satisfactory when i finally found it 
Um, but that was that was fun to look into all that. So, but you mentioned India. So, could it be a Bra Brazilian pavilion and India, or did I misunderstand um, you? Those are the two recent rumors. Brazil always comes back, and I think Brazil is currently the only one that seems um, to still be in the running right now. Why do you think that is? Uh, in terms of like attractions or what they would want to do with it, or like what what do you think is the reason that they're folk they would more want to make a because they have money because they're giving us money <laughs> it's like it's because because epcot can like disney's got an agreement with someone who's going to give that money and i think india didn't like that's just all it's all it's come down to is they they would love to add more countries but they're so busy with future world that there's just no budget unless another government or private firm is going to give them money to do it so you know if someone wants to open up a brazilian steakhouse and build a very beautiful brazilian themed pavilion to do it Give yeah, Epcot the money, and they will say yes. And they'll devise some sort of uh, attraction. Maybe they'll make a Pixar movie with a new uh, in a new country or or something. Or I don't know if they'd even need an attraction there. They may just. I, I was saying you should move um, the 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 attraction in Mexico over there because one of the characters is Brazilian, and I think it fits better in Brazil. I still want a Coco <laughs> attraction. I Why not? Yeah. I don't Everyone think it, loves Coco. I, I wonder if they kind of missed out on their chance, or maybe if they did a sequel, but I think it'd be a pretty easy overlay, and I don't think too many people would be upset considering it's already yeah. been changed like twice from the El Rio yeah. Del Tiempo or whatever. Yes. So I'd love to see uh, Coco. I think there was plans a while back of some kind of uh, um, like suspended uh, dark ride for Brazil that takes you around like the um, – the giant uh, Redeemer Jesus statue and over soccer fields and that like all kinds of controversial at all. <laughs> right. I think that's why those, those ideas have not uh, ever happened. Um, well, that's so why I I'd be surprised because I feel, and again, I'm, I'm so ignorant when it comes to world carnival. politics and stuff, but I feel like there would be more controversy surrounding a Brazilian pavilion more than well one of the original countries. pavilions was going to the one of the first expansions that was in the pamphlet when you went was israel, israel. Yep. that's got to be a little controversial <laughs> well there's so. uh, just a smidge um uh you know so there's uh, or russia yeah. <laughs> for that matter but there's a lot now, of space nowadays. i mean if you i mean there's assuming not a lot of space we've lost a, 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 a an expansion plot between France and Morocco for the Ratatouille for the Ratatouille ride, mm, we've lost right. an expansion plot between Mexico and Norway for the meet and greets in Norway, um, and um, I guess we still have the space that could be where the outpost is that could still be Equatorial Africa if they ever wanted to do it. Right now, they're only using it for staging for the new nighttime show they're building, um, and of course, the Brazil is rumored to go. Uh, where the trains are in Germany right now, there's an expansion plot behind there. But we're also, there's rumors of a Mary Poppins ride going between the UK and France. So that takes away whatever expansion area there is there. Um, and they lost expansion spot between Canada and Future World. So there isn't that much space left, hmm. really. They used to have a lot when it, when it first opened, all the different vacant plots of land that were planned to be all the pavilions. And then yeah. Yeah, now like you build, you know, uh, one ride for France and it takes up an entire spot that could have been a whole new country. And that's uh it's unfortunate like it's great that we're getting another attraction, but now there's one less country we could ever get in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was just curious as I was walking through because I thought 
Yeah, it's been a long time since there's. I think Norway was the last. Norway was the last one, yeah. Um, one. So, apologies for the weird kind of edit. Uh, we lost Quinn, the co-host. So we're just gonna pick up where we left off and continue, and he might pop back in near the end, or uh, that might have been him signing off, and he'll be with us. Uh, hopefully next week. Uh, I think he should be on next week. But anyway, so Alicia, you were going to talk a little more about um, Hagrid's motorbike. Well, no, I believe I was going to talk about Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, opening right. June 13th at Universal's Islands of Adventure at Universal Orlando Resort. A mouthful title. <laughs> That's six mouthfuls right there. Um, they released details. Um, I think the last time you talked about it, they just released like the name and the date right, and right. that little altered poster, but they released like everything on um, March 12th. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I haven't even, because I knew we were going to be having you on, I didn't even really look into it much. So, did, did you watch the five minute video? I didn't actually. I just kind of <gasps> oh. I've stayed away from pretty much everything because I never know what's going to be spoiled too much because I really want to go into it knowing oh. as little i mean i don't know from like an inference <laughs> i shouldn't say in anything. terms of what i see i guess you know like personally see but hearing about it i don't care it's oh, more okay. of like i wouldn't want to see you know like uh all the show scenes but i would be love to know all the details if that makes sense because the um the, the 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 two people that were in the sci-fi commercial uh tom felton to play draco malfoy right. and alan gilmore the production designers from production designer from the films and for the attractions um, he, they did like a four and a half minute video that came out with the with the article and they talked uh, pretty in detail about what the ride like that it's going to take place in the care of magical creatures class and Hagrid's our teacher and then we'll get to get on to the um, Hagrid's motorbike and feel like we're flying on the coaster. Um, they even announced it was going to be speeds up to 50 miles per hour. Um, we know now it's a 48-inch minimum height requirement, which is the same for Revenge of the Mummy. Um, they 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 even said the number of trees, more than oh, really? 1,200 trees. So 1,200 trees have been planted for the Forbidden Forest, oddly specific. in case you were wondering. <laughs> yes. For all those tree enthusiasts who are like, you know, I really, <laughs> I want to know how many trees they have planted. But they also said, like, nearly every creature that's going to be on the ride and they did a little 30 second commercial too that you'll start seeing on TV. Uh, and the commercial shows like all the different creatures, not like actually on the ride, just like CG versions of it. Hmm. But because they're CG, people are like, oh no, it's a screen based ride. Um, oh, yeah, but it that, is, I could see that it's not a screen. There is no screens on the ride. Um, yeah, it was like they, they said, you'll see Fluffy, the three headed dog. Uh, you'll drop into the devil's snare. So they kind of hinted right. at the drop track. Um, you'll, you'll encounter the mischievous Cornish pixies, uh, and in the concept art that they released and in the commercial, there's a unicorn hmm. and also in aerial photos, uh, we saw last week, there's a unicorn. So I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. And, um, and one thing I brought up with, um, Quinn on one of the episodes, um, previously was how I thought it was really interesting that the first real leaked concept art or poster or whatever it was, and we talked yeah, about it. Yeah, that wasn't it. a leak. That was posted on Pottermore, which is the official website from J.K. Rowling. 
So she had permission to post that. I think she posted it a little early, but mm-hmm. but Universal did give that to her. And also it was that same poster was posted on the UK version of the Universal Studios website where you buy tickets in the UK and it said coming soon. Well, so that wasn't an official poster. It just was never okay. posted um, from Universal Orlando but, blog. But what I found interesting about that specifically was that then when they released the new poster, it was the exact same one only with Hagrid on the bike and the and the vehicles. So it was literally yes. the same one just with that. And I thought that was kind of funny. And um, the, that was the, the first announcement uh, early in March. With this annu- um, details announcement, they released a piece of actual concept art, mm-hmm. like an overview of the whole ride. Oh, I and I don't one. know if you saw, I saw that one, but yeah. did you see the one that I posted a few weeks earlier? I- that thing. that looks almost exactly the same. That was a leaked piece of mm. concept art, like an actual leak, um, and uh, looks like they cleaned it up and they added uh, the motorbike to it and they added all the creatures on top of it. But that was an actual piece of concept art, I think, in the create like for the people building mm. the ride. So, and another thing we brought up at one point, but it'd be a good question for you is we were wondering because you know in the movies, or one of the main buildings that you go through is that ruined kind of castle looking area with the window that you fly out of but in any harry potter film there's no you know that that kind of location is nothing near hogwarts Mm -hmm. so quinn's theory was like oh maybe it could be what muggles see the castle as and so i was curious if you have any um i do not believe that is the case um and also because it's covered in green vines and uh green moss and lichen uh it's more like an uh, an old abandoned part of the castle and not um, like if it, it's supposed to be like a dangerous smoky ruins it, it is what muggles see. And mm. also in, in the, the poster, you can see Hogwarts castle in the background right. and the ruins in the foreground at the same time. And standing in Hogsmeade, you can see Hogwarts castle on your left. You can see the ruins on your right and on the ride, you'll be able to see Hogwarts right. castle. That was my so thing that's where not, I didn't, I, I um, thought that was a little bit of a stretch. Alan Gilmore, the production designer, said that this ride will feature the Forbidden Forest and new environments never seen before in the films or the books. So, so I just wonder I what that, it's, it's just a new location. I guess just with knowing how uh, very careful J.K. Rowling is with the visual side of things and breaking uh, continuity, uh, she doesn't seem to care that much about characters. But in terms of what well, she does, but I feel like she kind of retcons a lot of she stuff. Has, but, she's writing her own fan fiction after the fact, but we yeah. have to endure it, and now it's canon. But as far as <laughs> visuals, unless you can, unless you want to say, oh, the camera was just never near that part of all and the aerial. that's exactly sh- what this is. Of all, yeah, because all of the aerial shots of the castle and Hogwarts, like, I feel like you'd have to go pretty far away from the castle to say, like, oh, it was just never seen in the movies rather than oh, we're kind of retconning it in. I think it's part of the school that's just not used anymore. And because it's the Care of Magical Creatures class, um, it'll be explained to us, like, um, today's class is taking place here because of this reason. Mm. Um, Hagrid is, uh, he has a laboratory, and he's secretly working on an illegal project to create a new creature, Hmm. um, which is called a blast-ended scrute. And that's something that's not in any of the films. And... Uh, Alan Gilmore even said in the video, like, we'll be, we'll even see a creature that's never been seen in the films before. Uh, fans of Pottermore will know that the Blast Ended Scroots was something that Hagrid created by, uh, it's a hybrid of two other creatures, and it shoots fire, and I think at one point they're battling one another for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so, and I think that's why we're in this like decommissioned area of the castle is that's that he's doing some, some secret stuff he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Cause narratively or timeline wise, this takes place during like the first three, two or three films, I would assume like we're the first one, maybe it, it, I'm not sure, but I would guess it takes place whenever the forbidden journey ride takes place. It takes place in the middle of the series. Hmm. Um, I guess with fluffy you know, and all those, I assume. Well, Fluffy's. You know, Fluffy's been released into mm. the forest, and later I think he's sent to Scotland or something. So this is a, a an in-between period where after um, Fluffy's job is done protecting the Sorcerer Stone, I think that's what Fluffy was doing. Mm -hmm. um, he was he was set free into the forest. So this is just around there after that story. Yeah, I'm just really excited to go on it after all the stuff that's been seen and leaked and all i don't know it just sounds like it's oh. gonna be a really really fun and ride. a centaur they confirmed that there's a centaur i mean so everything we haven't seen yet on a ride except for the hogwarts express there is centaurs on the hogwarts express um but and then the flying car is also on the hogwarts express so this ride's gonna cover like everything that isn't on forbidden journey and isn't on the gringotts ride will be on this ride that and even things that weren't in the movies like they're just like you, we haven't seen the devil's snare yet we haven't right. seen fluffy yet they were in the same movie here we, we get to see them we get to experience them in person um and hagrid now has his own ride besides flight of the hippogriff <laughs> right well what uh, has there been anything said about the queue like how what it'll be like like experience wise compared to you know a forbidden journey which mm -hmm. has an amazing queue nothing official but it certainly seems like uh, we could see uh, if you there's been some photos and I took a couple photos. You could see where the entrance to the interior queue is. Mm. There's like a, a plaque with unicorns, unicorns in, uh, engraved in it mm. and uh, the green man, which is like a old mythological um, nature keeper, uh, which might explain all the vines on right, this area. Right. I don't know. Like there might be some bit to the storyline that we're, we don't know yet, um, but as it's been described to me inside the queue will be uh, like old classrooms just covered in vines, but also statues of different creatures, like a mermaid mm. statue. Sounds really, um, and really then, cool. And like a laboratory where he's making the blasted scroots. But then also because they're reusing a lot of the queue that was dragon challenge. That was also previously dueling dragons. Um, the catacombs, like the caves are going to still be there. But instead of just being like originally they were covered in skulls right. and then they ripped out the skulls for dragon challenge and then it was just boring rock work. Now they're going to be covered in green vines. So we get to still keep them. Yeah. And then when you get to the load platform, it looks kind of like the school with the arched windows and stuff. I'm excited. I, what do you think the load capacity will be given that it's just, um, well, I guess it, it'll be faster than dragon challenge or slower. The ride time will be longer. Hmm. However, the the trains hold like 14 people, which is uh, less because right. it's two by two seating. Um, but it'll have a moving platform for loading. Um, it only has one side, not two sides. So the unload and the load platforms are completely separate now. So what used to be load and unload for one of the dragons is now just unload. And what used to be load and unload for the other dragon is just load. Hmm. Um, and so they'll be fitting a lot at the station a lot of trains just always constantly moving on the moving platform like uh forbidden journey and there's not and then also i was gonna really quickly because again i haven't looked too much into it are there gonna be a ton i know there's that one pretty big drop from when you break out of the window which i assume will be some sort of screen i mean that's effect. a launch into the window oh that's right 
um, it launches you up and forward into that. There won't be any screen effect. Oh, it's just you going <laughs> through an empty window. You're going into a hole in a in the ruins okay. essentially. Um, so are there any that, corkscrews that, that won't be or, so much of a, or anything like? No upside down. So it's just a simple lap bar. Um, no upside down. Uh, no real big drops. But there is that part where you go up. Um, and if you're sitting in the front row, you're going to go up pretty high, like several stories up, and then you'll fall backwards. So that's kind of a drop. If you're in the back row, though, you won't go up that high. Right. So if you're scared of drops, sit in the back row. But then also you'll go backwards up and swirl around into a building, and then that'll be like the darkest part. It'll be the the real forbidden forest mm -hmm. with like big tree trunks, and that's where the devil snare is going to get you. And then that that's where the drop track is, where you drop 18 feet straight down in an instant. So it's like a mini Tower of Terror feeling, Ugh. but just enough for your for your stomach to get to get to you, but not enough that it's like super crazy. Yeah, I, I'm so weird. Like I've just never, I've always liked speed in attractions, but I hate the feeling of dropping. I don't mind it for some reason with Splash Mountain, um, but with like Jurassic Park, I've hated how because to me it's a lot steeper. Um, it is. It yeah. was the steepest when they yeah, built it that, at the time. I hate that free fall. And that's why, as much as I love Tower of Terror, I love the theming of it, I love the story and everything, mm -hmm. I just have a hard time, like, psyching myself out because of how it's just up and down and up and down. It's like... Well, you know, luckily with this, it'll be over in a second. Right. So it's just one real quick little bloop, and you're down. Um, and you have to escape from the Devil's Snare somehow, so... Right. I guess, <laughs> but that, then, yeah, but I don't mind it if it's, like, whereas Tower of Terror, the whole... You know, yeah. after you go through that really great part that wasn't in Hollywood's version, then it's, mm -hmm. you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, which I can do it. I just, I, I don't know. I've always had like an aversion to that sort of feeling versus. I think what's great way. about this, there's six launches. So even though the, the max speed is 50 miles per hour, um, people don't realize like that's not that fast for a coaster. Slinky Dog is, is 40. Um, but Slinky Dog has a couple really good launches itself. So it's, right. it's just like it's like a, a souped up slinky dog as far as that goes. But a lot of it's going to take place low to the ground um, or near objects. So it's going to feel really fast, like you're zooming through the twelve hundred trees. So you're really going to feel like you're, you know, riding this motorbike through the forest and then launching through the ruins. Um, so it's going to be fast, 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 fun, fun, fun. But also lots of creatures, unicorn, centaur, fluffy um, and uh, Hagrid animatronic. Hmm. And so, I, I assume that, that'll stuff. be the more advanced, probably animatronic. Yeah, that was, that one's it's still exposed to humidity because it's uh, an open air building, but at least it's undercover. Hmm. So do you think it'll be a huge difference between riding it during the day and riding it at night in terms of just the overall feeling of going through the forest? Oh, and... yeah. The lighting package is going to be incredible. It's going to be like a movie set the way it's lit. So it's going to be really, I wouldn't say different so much as like, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be like Big Thunder Mountain. It is a, a, a kind of a different experience at night. Probably for the best because it is the dark forest. and Yeah, exactly. It'll feel more authentic. It'll hide the seams a little bit because you won't be able to see the track as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, re I'm really excited for it. And I, I hope it's a, maybe we'll get like an animatronic on the level of the shaman and uh, river. I always forget the actual name, but the Navi River ride in Pandora. Yeah. I wouldn't get your hopes up on that. We're going with the number of animatronics here, not the mm. um, advanced. Uh, it, look for Star Wars Land uh, for your animatronic uh, fix for advanced animatronics. The the Hondo animatronic at the entrance to Smuggler's Run. It's going to be just like the Shaman. It's the the newest uh, line of all electric mm. uh, 
animatronics. This one's going to be more impressive on the scale and size because Hagrid himself is not a normal man. Right. Um, I think you were talking about whether he would be on the front of every bike. Um, yeah, I yeah. think it would it would block your view because he's you know uh, one and a half men tall. He's like um, how, how tall is he? Eight, nine, ten, or like twelve feet tall? Yeah. So imagine that sitting in the front row and it's like, hey, down in front, we're trying to yeah. see the ride here. But also because there'll be 10 different trains on the ride at any given time, you'd see 10 different Hagrids. Yeah. I don't think that would work. Yeah, it, it might take you, pull you out of the experience. Yeah. So for the, the animatronic you did mention for Galaxy's Edge, you said Hondo? Yeah, it's a character from the animated uh, TV shows. Mm. Um, at first I thought I, you meant it was going to be Han, and I thought, well, I don't think so because they're trying to stay away from the... <laughs> Yeah. I can't think of his last name, but he's uh, he's a pirate, hmm. uh, and he's hiring us to help him with some smuggling. Uh, he's he's got a the Millennium Falcon on loan, and Chewbacca is hel- helping him. Hmm. So it's a little storyline. Um, Interesting, because one thing uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to get your insight on because um, we already talked with Rob about it. Is how do you feel about? The whole oh we're we're uh, we've heard your cries and we're opening Galaxy's Edge early and in phases where any of us who know how those things work, it's not because they're trying to you know meet our our cries for wanting it opened early and um, some have said it's because they're just running out of time and they need the extra time to finish phase two. Like what are your thoughts on that whole thing? It's a fifty fifty. Two reasons. One reason. This is earlier. They even said in their blog post, this is earlier than they are expecting to open it. Mm. Um, it I, they're having problems, uh, albeit probably a lot of little problems, but they're having problems with the Rise of the Resistance ride, and they're not sure when it'll be ready. And the whole rest of the land will be ready by this date. So might as well get your mm-hmm. blue milk and lightsaber sales in now. Right. Open the one ride that is ready um, and not have to worry about uh, the bad press of this ride always breaking down. Right. Uh, so like this gives them unlimited time essentially to work on that other ride and maybe even pull some people off of it and get all the other stuff open earlier than they would have. Um, cause like, you know, the, the shops, the, the food and all this stuff is, it, it's going to take so much attention right. and now we're not going to have to split. Like when I walk in there, I'm probably going to be their opening day, uh, at least for Hollywood studios here in Walt Disney world. And, I don't have to now. I don't have to pick which ride I want to do first. True, yeah. Um, and it takes some stress off of me. Now you just have to now wait I'm, 25 I'm, hours in line. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do any rides on the first day. I'm going to just go enjoy some of the food offerings and check out all the shops and and do that and relax um, and let everyone else wait in the 12 hour line for Millennium Falcon. I'll do that another time. But if Rise of the Resistance was opening, I would be I'd run right to it because it's going to be knockout like best Disney ride in a decade. That's what I mentioned because they made a very bold claim where they they just said it's going to be the most advanced, you know, I forget the phrasing, but they're really putting a lot on it being like the most the most immersive, yeah. the most it? advanced, yeah. the the biggest indoor dark ride uh, that they've ever built and uh, and it's because it's got multiple ride systems working together in harmony, there's a lot that can go wrong. So I can see why they'd want to put it off. And it looks like they're going to put it off for both mm-hmm. um, Anaheim and, and Orlando because like that, that way they can kind of open it at the same time, I think. Right. Uh, instead of, you know, scattering it like this. 
but also you know, they, this is so that everyone can focus on everything else and not focus on this one ride that's not working. Because that one's going to be a combination of screens and practical stuff from what I recall. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be, it's actually being built by the same guy who um, headed up uh, Spider-Man mm. and I believe worked on Forbidden Journey too, Scott Trowbridge. Um, and he uh, is really good at kind of breaking the mold on mixed media type rides like this. But also it's going to have a, a really impressive lead up to the ride. I think that the queue is going to be as good as Flight of Passage. I think the pre-show is going to be one of the best pre-show experiences mm. since the stretching room in Disneyland like the real stretching room. Right. Um, Cause I think we're going to board a, a ship and a standing room ship only, and it's going to take us to space. And then we're going to get stuck in a tractor beam and we're going to be unloading the same ship through the same door onto a star destroyer. Like imagine That'd going into the elevator at uh, escape from Gringotts. And after going all the way down to the vaults, going out the same door, we went in, right. How like much more impressive would that have been? Because we just walk in one door, go out another door. We know we just walked through and didn't actually go down. But with this technology, like a big, long turntable, it's going to feel like we really went to space. Yeah, it's going to be so. a – I just – I always hope that – well, I hope that they maybe have really good crowd control measures because I could see it just being not miserable, but just, you know, if you're just packed like sardines and even if you are just trying to experience the land, you know, if it's just – wall-to-wall -wall people to where you can't even move then it kind of would ruin the you know well, i don't know if you saw that that attractions magazine article um yesterday or the day before when we were recording this um they talked about they're trying to put everyone at ease the star wars galaxy's edge is the size of hogsmeade diagon alley and pandora put together oh wow so I don't think people were realizing just how much room there actually will be. And it's going to be split up into multiple areas, into like three distinct different zones. So um, I think it'll help spread the crowds out. Uh, I think there, there's still going to be lines right, around right. the block for blue milk. Yeah. <laughs> and there's still like. going to be obviously the ride line. But when you're in line for the ride, that's out of the streets. So that blue milk better taste, better rival, if not surpass butterbeer. I don't know about that, but the people will still buy it anyway. Because yeah. then the other thing on that that I wanted to get your thoughts on, or because we were kind of speculating last week um, as to why Disneyland's version, when it's usually the opposite, why Disneyland's version is opening so much sooner than Orlando's when you would think they would want, my, my opinion was like they want to kind of do like a test run of Disneyland and see how everything goes and fix anything that needs fixing or finessing before opening the one that's like the once in a lifetime destination where you're getting mostly annual pass holders at Disneyland to kind of experiment with what works, what doesn't. You know, it was just a matter of timing. They had more work to do here. So it set them back uh, a few months. They had more demolition hmm. and buildings to destroy here. Um, you know, we had to close several attractions right. even to, to, to make way for the land and clear out a lot of land. Um, whereas that was already kind of an expansion area uh, did anything close other than, was it like a, I can't even remember. Was, was anything in Disneyland that had to close just some uh, part just of uh, an thunder. animal area? I guess that's where I was confused or not confused, but cause you know, they had to close and reroute rivers of America and they had to close big thunder ranch. And then they had to yeah, the change ranch. that whole passageway. Whereas with, uh, 
Hollywood Studios, I guess I knew they had the lights, motor, action, but a lot of it was just backlot space. But maybe it was more the size well, of it. It was. You know? It was also half of Streets of America. Right. Um, and a lot of logistics changes had to happen. Um, but also we were building Toy Story. So, um, and Toy Story, um, butted up against the Star Wars area. So they were kind of doing two things at once and they couldn't really, and I think Toy Story only took about a month or so longer than they expected. So there was, there's some timing issues, but Disneyland's was always going to be first. Uh, will it be the same size? Do you think? I think Disneyland's. Disneyland has an extra entrance. Mm, yeah. We only are going to have two entrances here in the Orlando version. Disneyland will have three. Um, but I think, I'm not sure, but I think we have the better chance for a third ride to be added here mm. um, because it doesn't have a path to block uh, if they took away some backstage space between uh, behind the former great movie ride. There's actually area there that could be expanded into the for Star Wars. Interesting. Plus, you know, we're getting a hotel here. That's right. Maybe One a, day. Maybe $50,000 <laughs> a night. Hope yeah. But I'm I'm really excited. Like I said, I always kind of ride the line between wanting to know what's going on, wanting to know the ins and outs of the attractions, but also wanting to be, like, surprised because I love the feeling of, like, Flight of Passage. I didn't know a thing about it other than it was a flight simulator. That's it. But then the, like... You know, the obsessed theme park person in me wants to know all the ins and outs of the attractions and the land. So I, I, I tend to, I guess, stay away more than I y used to because I just want to have that feeling of walking in and just being overwhelmed with like, wow, I am in the Star Wars universe, which is one of my favorite, you know, yeah. trilogies. Of and what's time. cool is that Millennium Falcon is going to have like three different missions and we don't know what the missions are. So, you know, there's always the actual content of the ride, even though you know, we know a lot about how the ride system will work. That doesn't mean we understand how the experience will feel and what we'll get to actually see on the ride. Right. Cool. Well, I think that's probably a good enough place to wrap up. Uh, Quinn is experiencing technical difficulties, but um, I'm sure he would say the same thing as me here. But thank you so much for um, coming on. It's always fun to talk about news and, you know, because you're, you're in the know, as they say. And just talking with you in general. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, it's been a little while. And now we have to have you on our uh, Theme Park Stop podcast. Definitely, yeah. I'd love to hop on there and uh, discuss whatever. I mean, I know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty bad when it comes to news. But, you know, I can I can look at some stuff if you let me know an upcoming topic and all. Oh, um, we might talk about something uh, that belongs in Yesterworld. We'll, we'll have you on for a discussion of... Uh, Maybe some things that never came to be. That'd be fun. I'll de I will say I will check out the um, the little trailer teaser you mentioned for uh, the motorbike traction. It seems like they don't give away too much. And it yeah, even in the four and a half minute video, they basically say a lot of what I said, and they just show a movie clips, so they're not ruining the actual ride. And the thirty second commercial is like epic, but it doesn't show anything from the actual ride, so it won't be spoilers. And we have a date for that, right? That it's going to open officially finally. June thirteenth. So we're in March, April, May, June. That's that's coming up pretty quickly. It's gonna yep. be fun. Uh, hopefully there'll be soft opening in the weeks leading up to it. I'm excited. Oh, that'd be fun. That was one of the highlights for me being down here was uh, experiencing Pandora when they had the annual pass holder previews and getting oh, to yeah. not, I mean, there were just hardly anyone in the line 
If only it was always like that. Oh, that, yeah. that land is beautiful when it's empty. <laughs> it is. And just walking around. I, I love walking around there in the day or at night, but especially when there's not a ton of people because it really is a beautiful land, is, you know, as small as it is. Um, it's just very fun to walk through. But anyways, um, cool. Thanks for uh, – well, before I wrap it up, uh, tell everyone listening where they can find your uh, content and your news and your podcast and all that stuff. On YouTube, search for Theme Park Stop by Alicia Stella. Um, I'm also on Twitter as just Alicia Stella. And my website is Orlando Park Stop. And you can find the Park Stop podcast on iTunes and on the YouTube channel and all other uh, podcast carriers. Awesome. Park Stop podcast. Cool. Well, thanks again for coming on. And uh, we will, when Quinn, uh, he'll be back. He should be back next time. But we'll see you all next time on Yesterworld.